MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official Challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Bring a little optimism into your life with The Bright Side, a new kind of daily podcast from Hello Sunshine. Hosted by me, Danielle Robay. And me, Simone Boyce. Every weekday, we're bringing you conversations about culture, the latest trends, inspiration, and so much more. I am so excited about this podcast, The Bright Side. You guys are giving people a chance to shine a light on their lives, shine a light on a little advice that they want to share. Listen to The Bright Side on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search The Bright Side. Imagine you ask two people the same seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including Courtney Cox, Rob Delaney, Liz Fair, and many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. So I remember once talking to my grandmother about how she met my grandfather. And the crazy thing is they went to high school together and he was like the coolest guy who went to their high school. And then after they graduated, she saw him on the street. And I thought it was really cute. You know how grandparents are adorable? Throw all that out the window for I Know This Much Is True because this is Popcorn Book Club from iHeartRadio. And on this episode, we continue our discussion of Wally Lamb's novel, I Know This Much Is True, which... You know, it's like I know this much is uh, incredibly traumatic. So we're diving into the story of Domenico Onofrio Tempesta, the grandfather of the Birdsey twins. And folks, things get weird. I will not have a wife. I will have this monkey. Yeah. Like, if <laughs> yeah. you saw that in a cross stitch on someone's house, you'd be like, <laughs> I got to get out of this house. This is part four of our series, so jump back to episode three if you want to start a little bit earlier, or episode one if you haven't caught up yet. Here we go. Welcome back to Popcorn Book Club. I'm Dana Schwartz, and as always, I'm joined by Karam Adankwa, Jennifer Wright, Tantran, and Melissa Hunter. Hi, everyone. Hi. Can someone describe where we left off last time? I can. Karama, great. I went through the book and I like made a bunch of notes and like tried to make a timeline, but then I had to keep going back and adding stuff and like changing and altering. And I was Ooh, basically... you did do the homework. I thought you're good at therapy. <laughs> Thank you. Can I graduate now? Yes, um, I say you can graduate. <laughs> thank you. Um, Betsy, I hope you're listening to this. <laughs> Betsy is my therapist. Uh, so the the last part that we had talked about was the beginning of Domenico Onofrio Tempesta's story, where mm-hmm. he talked about uh, coming to the United States and he was on the deck of the ship and there were those rich people who were like, get back down into the bowels of the ship where you belong. And he was like, the world is full of stairs. Some go up and some go down, which is not an expression I'm fully sure I understand. But um, <laughs> so then... 
Dominic is at home after having been released from the hospital, finding out that Joy cheated on him with her uncle, who was also her molester as a child, and that she was pregnant. More on that later. Um, Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. he considers suicide. And he's sort of at his lowest low. He really hits bottom when he's at home from the hospital. But thankfully, he calls Leo and doesn't make an actual gesture or attempt at suicide. He gets help, which is probably part of the work of the therapy, honestly. Well, yeah, and so then it becomes very largely about Domenico's story. So we can now talk about the things that happen. um, Let's just get all that out of the way. (laughs) Yeah, those brothers. Um, I think it was Melissa who said something was going to happen with the brothers. She was like, "Mm, nothing is good, so the brothers aren't going to end up well. And Mm -hmm. thankfully it wasn't that they raped Dominic's mom, Uh, but thank God. Which I think we were all shocked by. I think um, so many terrible things happen in this book that I just fully assumed that Dominic's mom was Wally raped was, by an uncle yeah. or her father. And mm-hmm. uh, no, she wasn't. What what a what a nice turn of events. <laughs> <laughs> well yeah, we'll get into that later. But yeah, I'm we'll not go into the rape uh, or incest uh foreshadowing at all. Oh. So yeah, Domenico comes to the United States and he befriends a librarian in New York. <laughs> they live in a thriving Italian community. <laughs> And uh, he works as a janitor. And then he and his brothers find out that there's this sort of like new up and coming Italian community that's going to be in Three Rivers, Connecticut. So he's like, oh, let's all move to Three Rivers, Connecticut and get jobs there because they've got lots of jobs and they've got some Sicilianos and we can just go hang out with other Sicilians in this new place. And so they do that. And then... He Stuff. he starts working as Domenico starts working as like a fabric dyer at a factory, mm-hmm. and both of his brothers are sort of ne'er do wells in different ways. Mm-hmm. One of them, <laughs> a little not ne'er do wells. That's like a but um a little like quirky, quirky, quirky. They have different yeah. quirks. Quirky's good. Yeah. They yeah. each have mm-hmm. they each have one primary trait. <laughs> <laughs> one is one a womanizer, the brothers- and the other one is obsessed with his pet monkey. Yeah. <laughs> God, the monkey. <laughs> well, monkeys actually come up a lot in yes. the book, yeah. which they is do. wild. Because really I was do. like, there's a, there's a lot of monkey imagery in here because mm-hmm. Prospering, who we'll get into a little bit later, but she's constantly described as looking like a monkey mm-hmm. and referred to as the monkey throughout mm-hmm. uh, Domenico's story. And then Dominic, Dominic mm-hmm. calls the, is called the spider monkey by his mom, which did make me think of Twilight. And calls say. Dominic calls the the yeah. Tiffany a little monkey, a little but in monkey. a in a sweet way, right. it seems like. Yeah. yeah. And then also the rabbit imagery is the mom would call Thomas yes. her little mm-hmm. rabbit. Funny rabbit. Mm-hmm. And, and then, she was called a rabbit, rabbit by her by her Domenico because of her, 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 her lip. And then there's some witchcraft with rabbits that we'll get into. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> and then Can't some wait. curse forgiveness with some rabbits. <laughs> <laughs> the way in. There's... Sometimes describing this book to other people feels like yes. a Mad Lib. Yeah, <laughs> it it does. Okay, I'm I'm gonna. I know I'm breaking my rule of breaking out of Domenico's story, but have any of you read Holes? Yes. Mm-mm. Okay, so you know at the end of Holes, where uh, he Stanley breaks the old his grandfather's curse by carrying zero up a hill, and then everything works out, and then he gets a he finds the money, and everything's great. The that's rabbits. What, that's, that's what, what the rabbits like, are. Where it's yeah, like he broke the curse. He broke <laughs> Prosperine's 
evil eye curse. And then it's like, and now you get your your bad luck of schizophrenia and suicide is over. Now you get money and wife and now and you're a happy. dad. Yeah. So it felt like it felt like he broke the curse and then he just got to have everything he wanted. Just because of the premise of this podcast, I do have to say that Holes was my first really positive experience with a book to film adaptation. Oh, that I movie feel like went they hard. did a very good job of adapting and also including rap. So good job on Holes the movie. <laughs> yeah, if you guys, if the three of you who have not, who are not familiar with Holes want to go enjoy the Holes rap, I highly recommend it. It's Great. called Dig okay. It. <laughs> wow. I'm excited okay, like, for it. Okay, yeah, I'm, I'm ready. Yeah. So who who wants to dive into what happens to the brothers and then we get the sisters? Well, fake sisters or cousins, yeah. fake cousins. Um, I can. Yeah, uh, so Jennifer, we have uh, Vincenzo, whose primary trait is that Vincenzo loves to fuck. Um, he sees the <laughs> Statue of Liberty and says, if all the women in America are this large, they will need, need me to fill up their enormous <laughs> pussies. Which, oh all right, God. like strong, strong start from Vincenzo. Um, <laughs> so Vincenzo ends up being employed at a grocery store. And one of the reasons he's employed there is because he's constantly having sex with women and women come in to the grocery store to see Vincenzo and have affairs with him. Well, you um, know, you know, Jews, they're so greedy. They, they hire, <laughs> I'm saying. <laughs> I did, I, I did feel ick about that. It's like, oh, the Italian grocer's like, why won't he work it here? And it's like, I don't know. And the Jewish grocer is like, yes, no, come bring us money. Yes. <laughs> Obviously, um, Domenico is someone who is not an ally of the Jewish community, I imagine. <laughs> um, I think he's just an ally of Domenico. Yes. yes. That's yeah. fair. So at one point, um, the local priest comes to um, Domenico and says, uh, please uh, stop your brother from having sex with every single woman in the town of Three Rivers, Connecticut. It is bringing a bad name upon all Italians. And um, Domenico is very angry about this. Um, it's, uh, it's a rift between him and the religious community. And shortly after, his brother Vincenzo is caught by a jealous husband and shot and dies. So uh, that's who's very a police sad. officer. Yes, he's, oh, a police, he's officer. a police officer. Yeah, yeah. That's. I feel like that's also a theme that very topically mm -hmm. comes back around. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yes. Um, but uh, you know, life goes on for Domenico, and he still has his other brother, who um, he certainly is not having sex with a bunch of ladies, but gets this pet monkey that he loves, perhaps. Too much, um, and, and we don't know. I'm gonna, don't we're going to couch it by saying allegedly. I don't think he was having sex with the monkey, but there becomes a rumor in town that he is having sex with the monkey. And, and also, I want to point out the one really embarrassing anecdote that Domenico says is he walked into his brother's room one morning, and his brother had morning wood, and the monkey was undoing his pants. Pants, party. yeah, yeah. And he told that story to the priest, and like. The way the priest navigates being like, okay, uh, so a boner in the morning is normal. Uh, <laughs> no, he can't. No. He can't. No. Probably not. Probably not. Probably not. The monkey. Hey. No. <laughs> the 
the priest was basically like the criminal justice system. He's like, I know you walked in and you saw this, but it's circumstantial evidence at best. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I also do respect that the priest was saying, like the brother I think was dead at this point. Yes. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so that the priest was saying the thing that Domenico really needed to hear. The priest yeah. was Dr. Patel. You yeah. Know, yeah. Yes. 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 Domenico's yes. Dr. Yes. Patel. Didn't work as well for Domenico, but. No, he but was I think it's the, really interesting that person. both of them um, sought to unburden themselves mm-hmm. of these kind of horrible secrets that mm-hmm. had been yeah. making them very angry for so long. So she's uh, Brother Pasquale. He's probably not having sex with a monkey, but definitely loves this monkey very, very much and takes it everywhere with him and demands that the monkey live in the house. Um, so which, they is, which they are building. Which they are building. So point. he is helping Domenico build a house in Three Rivers, Connecticut, which Domenico really, really wants to be a homeowner in this town. And the plan is that they will marry two newly arrived 18-year-old Sicilian women, and they'll both have a wife. And Pascal really isn't interested in that. He just wants to hang out with his monkey. (laughs) Um, But Domenico thinks that that'll be the thing. That'll make it normal. That'll make him forget about how much he loves his pet monkey. And uh, one day, while uh, Pascal... Maybe he was fucking the monkey. (laughs) (laughs) Look, I mean, the fact that it was taking off his pants while he he had an erection was, was weird. Was like, I would never have a wife over this monkey. Like, this monkey, it's just, it, there was an implication that the monkey was his wife, okay, whether but it's sexual love their or pets. not. Like, yeah. if, I don't know, know if, I think I was, if you had like a cat or a dog that you loved and your significant other was like, you have to choose me or the dog, like, people might choose the dog and that would be valid. Um, people love their pets. I don't know. I don't know if I would get rid of my cat based on a new boyfriend. I guess I. Yeah. I definitely think it's that's I mean, a fair what, point, Jennifer. But what Melissa <laughs> said of like, I will not have a wife. I will have this monkey. Yeah. Like, if yeah. you saw that in a cross stitch on someone's house, you'd be like, <laughs> I gotta get out of this house. Yeah. <laughs> I just want a code to live by. Yeah. Well, I think that their pet. He wasn't monkey. even trying to date and see if this woman maybe would be open to cohabiting with a monkey. He was yes. just like, no wife, just the monkey. <laughs> Like yeah. lots of people just, you know, wanna wanna have a pet and live alone and Jennifer, not that's okay. I I'm trying to, to make it so that he's not fucking the monkey. I, I have to say, one of one of the things I love about you, Jennifer, is you always you do see the good in people and you always look for the bright side. And I I also think that maybe he was having sex with the monkey. <laughs> here's here's what I think on the monkey business. So um the, the thing is, it was twofold because Domenico was like, you will get rid of this monkey and the monkey can maybe live outside and you also have to get a wife. So I think that the two being intertwined for sure. Domenico is what made them intertwined for um, for Pascal or Pasquale. I don't know how you pronounce his name, but I think that. Ultimately, if there had been a woman who accepted the fact, sort of someone like like Dessa, who was like who accepted Thomas and loved Thomas for who he was, despite his flaws and the difficulty of having Thomas in her life. I think that somebody would have been like, yes, this monkey is a part of our life for the rest of its natural life. And maybe it's not 
ideal, but I care about this person and I see this person's gentleness and the love and care he has for that monkey. And if he can love and care for me in the same way, then we're good. Also, I think he was fucking the monkey. No, but also to build on what you were saying, I think like maybe that relationship is just mirroring the uh, the bit about his mom and, and Thomas. It's that like what Domenico saw in his brother was a tenderness that disgusted him. And yeah. that yeah. he saw something that was not manly or not representing like the ultimate man that his brother should have become. So like that is a I appreciate that read. And also and, maybe he has a weird relationship with that monkey. And Tian, I think what's really important about that is what really I think made Domenico the maddest was the way other people perceived the relationship yeah. between Pasquale yeah. and the monkey. Mm-hmm. I think that Domenico is someone who was so um insecure in his own, you know, worth and dominance that to have other people gossip about his brother and the monkey, he couldn't protect his brother the same way that, you know, the the mirrors the way that mm-hmm. Dominic was always so humiliated by Thomas and like didn't know how to protect him that when people made fun of Thomas rather than being like, "Hey, you know, back off, that's my brother." He mm-hmm. internalized that shame. Mm-hmm. And I think Domenico, when people make fun of Pasquale, you know, even if it was just like joking, like kidding mm-hmm. about, he really internalized he that and that it. anger crystallized in him. Yeah. I also think that the monkey's called the monkey's uncle. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was going to say. Yeah. I also will say, I think if Pasquale, Pasquale had not died, Prosperine would have been totally cool with living with a monkey. I yes. think they would yeah. have had a really cool kind of sitcom-y dynamic between <laughs> Pasquale, the monkey, and Prosperine. I would have loved to see it. I think they would have had way more fun on their side of the house. Yes, oh, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Anyway. Monkey Central. So, so that's a good transition into mm-hmm. Prosperine and uh, Violetta. What are we going to call her? Y- yeah. Violetta? Well, what was her name? Ignacia. 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 I have it Melissa, bring us into prospering Ignacia. I'll take it. Well, we didn't talk about how Pasquale died, actually, which I think is super important. Cover it real quick. Yeah. So, the priest of the town and his underling, I'm not sure how that is exactly Assistant priest. Assistant priest, uh, <laughs> come, priest. To, come to the house and are like, why aren't you coming to church? And they're still working on the house and uh, and they get into a fight because Domenico doesn't want to go to church. And uh, the priest, uh, while Pasquale is up in a tree, I believe, trying to cross to like do I some think, housework. I think his monkey is in a tree. Yeah, the monkey is in a tree and he gets bedeviled by blue jays. And then Pasquale's on the roof putting on shingles. Yes, that's what it is. And so while they're in a fight, uh, Domenico throws cement at the priest. It's a very silly fight. And then uh, the priest curses the house and the monkey gets spooked at the same time uh, by the, the birds get spooked because the monkey did get spooked and the monkey jumps and then Pasquale tries to save the monkey and the monkey is okay but Pasquale falls to his death um, and it is very sad and then uh, much like the mother did with D- Dominic and Thomas uh, promising to take care of Thomas Domenico promises a last dying breath to take care of the monkey. Ugh. And he immediately fails that in a most horrific scene. Not just fails, like actively 
yeah. defies it. Yeah, well, I think he tries for like a day yeah. and then it's like, nope. And uh, kills the monkey in a real, like drowns the monkey. And it's very, very upsetting because uh, the monkey knows what's happening. And I don't, it, anyway, moving on <laughs> from the just, monkey death, from the brutal the, monkey death. Couldn't I, you just give the monkey to someone else? No, like for the zoo? The monkey totally responsible for his brother's death. Because we needed to foreshadow yes. his brother's yeah. Thomas's death. <laughs> a lot yeah. of drowning in this book. A lot of drowning. Um, God, so much drowning. But, um, okay, so after that chapter of Domenico's life, he uh, still has these brides, teenage brides, waiting for him uh, with these uh, with these Italian plumbers. Um, <laughs> it's Mario and Luigi. It is 100% Mario and Luigi. I thought that when I was reading I know. it. It's and they're a like, prequel. Come on. And they're like, come on, they can't wait for long. They're too hot. Uh, to handle <laughs> and so he goes he's so excited to meet these brides he's gonna choose the 18 year old one rather than the 17 year old probably named Prosperine <laughs> and he's like waiting <laughs> I love this moment where he like starts at the feet like he look he literally pans up to the face and so he's like oh she's like a little skinny I don't like that and then sees her face and is like ah she's ugly and old she's like 30 uh. um meanwhile I think he's like 36 or something but yeah anyway and he's like horrified and angry and is like how dare you you tricked me into this hag and uh then and she then, smokes a pipe, which I love. I love Me the pipe. Too. God, I love the pipe. And um, she's always like, bah. <laughs> she's like, I don't give a shit about you. Uh, fine, thank God. And then um, Ignazia comes in, and Ignazia is just the most beautiful woman he has ever seen. Is closer to eighteen, which is great for him. Um, and she doesn't want anything to do with Domenico. She's in love with a redheaded. Man, I forget what he does in the town. Um, he's an he's Irish. Irish. He's just Irish. Irish. That's his job. Yeah. Yeah. He lives with his mother and he's Irish. Yeah. 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 And so there's some deal making back and forth. He's like filled with lust for Ignazia. Then finally he agrees instead of getting a dowry to pay for these women and and also take prospering, even though he didn't want to. Well, at first he act he at first he also like bargains with the cousins yes. bro- and then and goes decides home. to go home and then comes back because he's like because he's just over teaming yeah. yeah he can't he handle lust. he gets his ass on the train and it's also like the hilarious way that it's the first he, he's been so dedicated to working and building himself up as like a proper man in america in three rivers and he's like this is the first time i've ever been horny in my whole life <laughs> <laughs> i can't believe it i've never felt like this before like r- like all the energy is rushing through me and i can't contain myself <laughs> yeah he was like a teenager but in but a really problematic teenager because um, yes. Ignazia wants nothing to do with him and so drags these two sisters supposed sisters um, to his uh, house and they hate it and they don't like him and Prospering is just like especially aggressive toward <laughs> uh, Domenico and doesn't give a shit about him well I think I think the one thing is on their wedding night yeah. Oh, yes. Which I think is the main thing that really crystallizes the relationship mm-hmm. between Prospering and yes. and Domenico. 
they they have sex. She doesn't bleed, right? Yeah. And then he accuses her of not being a virgin and beats her, even though she says she is. Uh, and it really sets a real tone for their whole relationship. Yep. <laughs> yeah, um, but the next the, morning, I, what I like is Prosperine is really protective of Ignazia. Yeah. And is like chopping onions or something with a really big knife, like a, like a mm-hmm. noticeably big knife, bigger than it has to be. And she's like, yeah. if you ever lay a hand on her, I will, I will cut your or balls cut off. off. Yes, yes. I yeah. think it was cut your, but like, it's implied. And yeah. then she's like, yeah. Oh, and she's kind of like, I've done it before, bitch. I yep. can do it yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I've killed a man. I've killed like, a man. Whatever. No, you haven't. <laughs> that can't be true. Uh, turns out it is true, but we'll get to that momentarily. You're listening to Popcorn Book Club from iHeartRadio. We'll be right back after this quick break. Imagine you ask two people the same exact set of seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including actress and star of the mega-hit sitcom Friends, Courtney Cox. You can't go around it, so you just go through it. This is a roadblock. It's going to catch you down the road. Go through it. Deal with it. Comedian, writer, and star of the series Catastrophe, Rob Delaney. I shouldn't feel guilty about my son's death. He died of a brain tumor. It's part of what happens when your kid dies. Intellectually, you'll understand that it's not your fault, but you'll still feel guilty. Alt-rock icon, Liz Fair. That personal disaster wrote Guyville. So everything comes out of a dead end. And many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. Hey, I'm Rachel Martin. You probably know how interview podcasts with famous people usually go, right? There's a host, a guest, and a light Q&A. On NPR's new podcast, Wild Card, we have ripped up the typical script. It's part existential deep dive and part game show. I ask actors, artists, and comedians to play a game using a special deck of cards to ask some of life's biggest questions. Listen to NPR's Wild Card on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. Bring a little optimism into your life with The Bright Side, a new kind of daily podcast from Hello Sunshine, hosted by me, Danielle Robay, And me, Simone Boyce. Every weekday, we're bringing you conversations about culture, the latest trends, inspiration, and so much more. Thank you for taking the light, and you're going to shine it all over the world, and it makes me really happy. I never imagined that I would get the chance to carry this honor and help be a part of this legacy. Listen to The Bright Side on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search The Bright Side. All right, so let's get back into it. So Ignazi gets pregnant. And has, or was pregnant. You don't know at the time. It's like, I'm pregnant. I'm doing, when do you do? Uh, March, maybe February. Who knows these things? <laughs> anyway, don't pay attention to the date. I did the math, actually. It's seven months, right? Yeah, it's seven months. She was about 29 weeks because they got married in mid-May. Yeah. And then the babies were born in early December, on December 2nd. So... That means like 29 weeks for the babies, which means that if they were born, and most twins are born early, early. early. but not that early. They'd probably need time in the NICU for that. 
Um, But I will say everyone, I was originally like conspiracy theory. It's definitely the Irishman's baby. But everyone says that he looks Looks so so much much. like Domenico, where I I was just like, I'm going to suspend my disbelief and assume Mm -hmm. that he actually is. I would say, yeah, because at first I was like, that's what they're saying. And then I'm like, oh, no, because they're saying Domenico is actually his father. And that I feel like that was the real like, it's not his grandfather, it's his father. But then now that I know that, it's not either. I think he is the grandfather. Uh, also, because my grandma has red hair and she did not have any red haired children, but her great grandchildren, three of them are redheads. It's like that gene sticks the fuck around. So I think uh, well, there might have been some redhead. I also in there. think that one of the themes of the book is that it's not just biology that makes a father. Yes. That yeah. A father is someone who bears witness to your life and a father mm-hmm. is someone who's there. And um, I don't, we, we can debate whether or not that's entirely true, but um, I think that's how he comes to feel about Ray later, that Ray is not his natural yeah. father, mm-hmm. but Ray is his father. Yeah. And, you know, maybe, maybe the same could be said of Domenico and um, Conchetta. I think it's important too to make the distinction that like none of this like that Domenico raped his wife like none of the yeah. sex was ever <sighs> consensual in a upsetting upsetting and and the most upsetting thing is that like Dominic doesn't really grasp that in his like no. explanation of his fa- his grandfather's story to people like that is so glossed over in a way that like make which makes him getting back with sorry I'm jumping but it makes him getting back with Dessa so upsetting to me because it feels like those conversations about consent and him being a rapist does not get talked about in the same way that we literally see every single conversation of every like every other conversation that Dominic has with people, the one that he has yeah. with Dessa is the one we don't get to see, which I thought was like, yes, not we really, yeah, really. I will say, over. I will say, Dominic does recognize some of the rape that happens, yeah, but it's not. He doesn't recognize that all of it is non consensual from the second that Domenico bought Ignazia, right? Yeah, yeah, she wanted nothing to do with him. Ugh. Yeah. And I and I, then I will say the one re- reprieve that Ignazia has in her life then is the birth of the twins is so traumatic on her body that the doctor is like you literally cannot have sex with her anymore or she will die. Like if she gets pregnant again and has another baby, she will probably die, which uh then it becomes this like horribly brutal vicious weapon that Yeah. Dominica I mean Ignazia's oh, no. story is so Utterly tragic. Heartbreaking. Yeah, absolutely. But so we go through this, like he, he is mad The the twins come out and it's a right. boy who's, who's stillborn and then a girl with red hair. And he fixates on this idea that the boy was his baby and the girl was the, the redheads, which again is not, is possible in like cats, but not possible in humans. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's just, I think, a, a, a thing that he believes but is not true. But he, he fixates on it and believes that the daughter isn't his, which then goes into this main theme that Jennifer was talking about, about, like, raising someone else's child and what mm-hmm. that means. Well, he literally treats her like a redheaded stepchild. Yeah. Like, that is the yes. whole thing. Yeah. Yeah. 
but um, he talks about her being a Sicilian girl later um, when he talks yes. about how she can keep secrets. She's, she's a Sicilian. Um, mm-hmm. It feels like maybe to love her, he has to ultimately come to the belief that she is his. And mm-hmm. he does point out later that there's resemblance there. Yeah. yeah. And in the most horrible moment of, you know, when Ignazia does die... It, it, at the end of that chapter for Domenico, it's like, and then I loved her. Like, it was so, it's so awful. Uh. But it, but that was when he began to love her, which is so <laughs> insane. I don't know. It's it's just so terrible. Well, and it's for- almost like Connie chose him over her yes. mother. Yeah. 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 I mean, she chose being a survivor. She yeah. chose yeah. because, in yeah, like Ignazia is like, I literally cannot take this anymore, which I understand because her life became a living hell. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, Connie decided to be the the stoic, brave one, which is so, you know what I mean? Like, it's it's interesting because Dominic, Dominic always saw his mother as a coward. And we see this really we, quiet yeah. form of courage in her and all she survived. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a lot that happens okay. with, yeah, between should, Domenico. Oh, that night. That night we get the yeah, story in the we story. We get the big story. I story. I w- we're about to j- launch yeah. in. Oh. oh, yeah. Just hands down my favorite part of the whole book. The is best part of the whole book. That is the best part of the whole book. Um, and y'all told me in the group chat, you were like, oh, my God, Prospering's story. And I was like, okay, yeah. And then I got halfway through it. I was like, wow, that was wild. And then I realized, wait, there have been no rabbits yet. What the hell are they talking about? <laughs> and then there were rabbits and murder. And also, uh, like, the first time so we get, like, good. a story from a woman's point of view. And we're, I like, know. Oh, yeah. thirsty for it. It's so mm-hmm. exciting. And we get every- a little from Joy. We do get a little, a from little. Joy. Too. Tiny yeah. bit. A tiny but I will bit. say, it's very interesting to me because we were talking about how at the end of the book, the fee- the resolution of the female characters in Dominic's timeline feel very thin and like very much like they just serve Dominic. But I will say like, these are fun, well fleshed out, interesting female characters. I like oh, yeah. these. Yeah. <laughs> They're uh, very cool the, and complicated. Uh, so does anyone want to take, take Prospering story? Go for it. Yeah. Um, Prospering. Well, one night, I think it's like after dinner, right? And they've, the three of them, Dominico, Ignacia and Prosperine have been living in this like terrible tension and unhappy house. And so Prosperine is getting fucking drunk off the (laughs) wine that Dominico has. And she starts just for the first time ever talking to him, really like, uh, like having a full on conversation and telling, telling him her story. And I know we're we're short on time, so I kind of want to just, because there's so much going on, but... It's a very rich text. It's a very Mm -hmm. rich, rich text. But Prosperine grew up in a small Italian seaside town, right? And Mm -hmm. she is one of three daughters. And she's, like, having a great time hanging out with her sisters and her best friend, this woman named Violetta, and they're having a great time. Violetta is the daughter of a macaroni maker. And... Right? Isn't that right? Prosperine, because sometimes she still finds her fingers making macaroni. She's a a fishmonger's daughter, right? I'm sorry, I wasn't laughing. I was just laughing because daughter of a macaroni maker is just, it's very funny to me. (laughs) I love it. (laughs) Prosperine is the daughter of a macaroni maker. And they see this woman in town who's kind of like positioned as the witchy hunchbacked, like they describe her as like having like a huge boil on her head and she's like the witch of the town who like looks at everyone with an evil eye and they make fun of her behind her back 
But to Prosperine's, you know, dismay, she get, finds out that her father has actually sold her to this woman through this woman's son or yeah. godson. 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 Yeah. godson, who happens to be like a famous artist who's doing stained glass like triptychs of old saints that he's trying yep. to put together. <laughs> and so she starts, she gets ripped away from her family, hates her dad for it, starts living with this woman. And I think in the day that she moves to live with that woman, Violetta had gone with her. And that's when this artist meets Violetta, her best friend, and like falls in love with her, but also is so creepy and non-consensual about how that happens, but starts using Violetta as the model for his saints are like stained glass windows. She's his muse. She's mm-hmm. his muse. That's the correct word. She's his muse. Mm-hmm. Fast forward and Violetta starts ignoring Prosperine and Prosperine has now taken kind of the position of like the witchy person and the <laughs> witch witchy training. Down. Yeah, witch in training, witchy intern at this Italian. <laughs> <laughs> unpaid witchy intern at this Italian seaside town. Um, and then so many things happen between that. But I think the big thing that that she shares is that Violetta goes away and comes back and is clearly like, has been abused, has been terribly treated by this artist husband of hers that they, fi- that they, they actually ended up getting married gets terribly abused and that artist comes back home and moves back in to that old witchy person's house, right? Yeah. yeah. She's so passed witch away dot by that passed point. Away. Yes. The, the witch has passed away. Um, she and- was a witch and a butcher also. Oh. She sold rabbits. Yes, that's oh. right. She sold yeah. rabbits. Bit, bit of an aside. Chickens. There's a we there's gotta a talk weird, about the rabbits. There's a weird moment unrelated to, to Violetta and the artist where uh, as the witch in training, as the witch intern, um, she's uh, prospering as watching the witch, uh, you know, butcher animals for people in the town square. And this like mean school teacher comes and is like, Fah, I wouldn't buy one of your rabbits. I could get twice as much meat from someone else. And the witch is like, oh, really? How about this? And she magically makes the one skinny rabbit turn into two skinny rabbits. She cuts it in half mm-hmm. and it yes. turns into two rabbits. Yeah, like uh, King, what's his face? Was it King Solomon? Yeah, that doesn't become two babies. Yeah. No, 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 but no, he no. threatens to cut the baby in half. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> there is one other aside I want to say that I love in this section is that anytime Domenico interrupts, Prospering like punishes him by like being like, I'm not going to say anymore. And he's like, I don't care. Wait, wait, tell me more. And then he like, he, he just, she just commands respect from him in a way that is just tickled me so much. Well, she's <laughs> drinking yeah. his wine and yeah. smoking yeah. her pipe, yeah. which the old witch lady taught her about. She oh, taught yeah. her how to smoke. Oh, that's and there was right. also, I find there, there were very, there were two very um, tender moments of like yeah. female, not friendship, but like female connection. One describing the way that Prosperine uh, came to love this old woman who mm-hmm. she had like originally mocked and found like terrifying in her disfigurement. Like eventually she would like touch the boil and find it very like sweet. And I just found the way that that was described really sweet. And then yes. the fact that when they were young women, like Violetta, uh, they had been best friends, but Violetta was always like more beautiful and more flirtatious. And then when she becomes like the artist muse, she becomes like the popular girl in town yeah. and starts like ignoring uh Prospering in a way that like 
is an ache to any girl who's had like a girl in high school become cool or whatever. But when she comes back, that mm-hmm. relationship with Violetta and Prospering rekindles in a really intimate way, even though that Violetta's like, I'm the the mistress of this house. I'm the boss. But there's still that like Prospering still cares for her so much yeah. because they still have that base of female friendship. Yeah, yeah. it's such a complicated, toxic Oh, like kind of toxic relationship between the two of them because Violetta continues to wield this like popular girl, I'm the woman of the house kind of, you know, energy towards Prospering the whole time. And it kind of ebbs and flows throughout. And even despite that, Prospering's like, you know, I've seen, I feel like Prospering is so tender because she's like, I've seen how much you've suffered. I'm going to continue to be good to you and help you. She Prospering is the so only much. well, Prospering is the only person she has any power over. Yeah. Like um she's in a situation where she's so brutalized by everybody else. Her husband beats her every single night. Mm-hmm. Um yeah. like the only way she can cling to the old remnants of like being bold and popular and beautiful is to be like no, I'm the mistress of this house and you take care of me. That's the only person she can do that to in her entire life. I just, I yeah. found Prospering's like devotion very touching. The fact that she's like, even when you're mean to yeah. me, like even like, you know what? I'm going to protect you because you yeah. need to be protected. Yeah, Prospering, like she's not being beaten by anybody. Um, Prospering is, mm. has infinitely more freedom, at least in that regard, than Violetta does. And mm-hmm. I think... Prosperine is probably aware of that, that uh, she doesn't have to answer to any husband. Um, she gets to sit around and smoke her pipe and yeah. sell rabbits. And, and no sexual violence against and her. And she is not yeah. raped constantly. Yeah. Yeah. And and to kind of build on that protection, uh, Prosperine and Violetta kind of put this plan together to murder the artist's husband mm-hmm. by feeding like shards of glass to him. Yeah. Um, and that ends up like ripping his insides apart and he like dies a horrible graphic death. Uh, But the funny like whoopsie daisies three stooges aspect of this murder plot (laughs) is is that they had left food out when the the priest, is it the priest? Or Or the doctor? I think it's the doctor. The doctor, that's right. The doctor yeah. decides that he died of a burst appendix, first of all. Yeah. And yep. there's like a, a well, sigh of relief of like, fine. oh, we pulled it off. <laughs> yeah, we got away with the murder. Yeah. And then they like turn into the kitchen and he's just like spoon feeding himself this like the gr- chicken. The chicken Poison glass food. shards. Yeah. The chicken stuffed with glass shards. <laughs> and lead water. They also include lead water. Oh, oh yeah. That's oh, smart. That's right. Yeah. You know what? If you're going to poison someone, just make sure you have one dish and <laughs> mm-hmm. save all the other dishes and put them away because doctors will come and check it out and eat it. That was the lesson. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then they catch him because I think as he's dying, he his wife finds like glass shards in his. Oh, yeah. No, in, the doctor doesn't yeah. die because he just has the one meal. So the wife like looks in the chamber pot. She's like, wait a second. This is shining. <laughs> <laughs> so they're like, oh, these two girls murdered them. They go yeah. on the run. They go, they start like trying to work. Um, and, you know, Violetta has a tough time and they work as a, as laundresses. And then they have a scheme to like get fake passports uh, and to be on the run. Uh, and I think that is all financially subsidized by 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 Prosperine's father. 
which was very weirdly, I I think because there's so little touching thing. It was very touching of like he she realized her father always loved her, even though it was complicated the way he behaved through all of that. But I thought that was nice for her. There are worse lives. Worst lives for uh, like an unattractive daughter who maybe wouldn't be married in this town economy than to be True. a witchy intern. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like, no, I mean, I think if, um, if not for Violetta's incredibly abusive husband, Prosperine could have had a very good life as kind of yeah. the town witch. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like you, I had so much sympathy, empathy for the father because like, that's what you had to do in those yeah. times yeah. sort of, right? You yeah, sell like, your macaroni store and you get the money from it. He sold the macaroni store. <laughs> I think the father also chose her because he knew that she was the one who could handle herself. And also, I think that she was the hmm. least attractive, conventionally attractive of her sisters. And he knew that she was probably less likely to get raped if she was given to this artist to yeah. serve in his household, which just really hurt me that he had to think about that. And that that was a consideration. He's like, no, you're going to do a great job and you're homely and you're good at work. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, as as I think we find out later, Prosperine has no interest in being married to a man. No. That is, that no. is not on her list of goals in life. Um, it seems much better for her to take a job where she will not have to do that. Yeah. Also, happy pride, Prosperine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which then, as we find out, colors her relationship with Violetta, that her protectiveness was not only uh, female friendship, but uh, romantic love. Yeah. yeah. I mean, she said pretty early on that she had nice tits. So. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Domenico's like you talk like a man yeah. and he's like no not all well, yeah, like, why could that be uh, she's like, but Wally not- for furthering the stereotype that lesbians are witches <laughs> <laughs> witches or carpenters witches yeah. or carpenters those are the yeah, only two the occupations yeah, it's the binary <laughs> uh, but yeah so Prospering tells Domenico that Violetta died in the old country. Mm. She, she really, she funny. really, he really, she really comically realizes that she needs to backtrack that <laughs> because she's telling so the story, funny. and then he's like, "Wait, both of you, both of you came to America? What?" And she's like, "No, uh, I said just me, what? just me, just me. no." Yeah, she kind of she's being dead. Yeah, she has two explanations. First of all, she says, uh, she's she's dead. And then she says, um, she married the lawyer. She married the lawyer who got us a passport. So it was fine. And, she married and, the lawyer. And, and then she says, I thought you said she was dead. And she's like, yeah, that's right. She married the lawyer. And, and then some happy years she together, died. And then she died. <laughs> and also was like, and she's she was almost as beautiful then as she is now. Now? I thought you said she said, I mean, she would have been. Anyway. Yeah, I, if she was, maybe uh, she's still alive. Who I've never knows? seen her. I don't know. I didn't see her an hour ago. Giving so birth. It became very clear that Violetta was, in fact, Ignacia. Yeah. In a way yeah. that, that I love that even Domenico is so, like, dumb that he he, so, he kind of angrily just doesn't want to believe it and also wouldn't think that's rad of his wife I Dana, know, you think I Domenico think you're in a situation thinks- where you're abusing someone and then you find out that they murdered the last person who abused them that would not be <laughs> rad for you <laughs> <laughs> I guess if I true. if I was married to Violetta I would be like that was rad yeah, I think if any of us were married to Violetta, her life would yeah. be much better than her life with Domenico is.
You're listening to Popcorn Book Club from iHeartRadio, and we'll be back right after the break. Imagine you ask two people the same exact set of seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including actress and star of the mega hit sitcom Friends, Courtney Cox. You can't go around it, so you just go through it. This is a roadblock. It's going to catch you down the road. Go through it. Deal with it. Comedian, writer, and star of the series Catastrophe, Rob Delaney. I shouldn't feel guilty about my son's death. He died of a brain tumor. It's part of what happens when your kid dies. Intellectually, you'll understand that it's not your fault, but you'll still feel guilty. Alt-rock icon, Liz Fair. That personal disaster wrote Guyville. So everything comes out of a dead end. And many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. Hey, I'm Rachel Martin. You probably know how interview podcasts with famous people usually go, right? There's a host, a guest, and a light Q&A. On NPR's new podcast, Wild Card, we have ripped up the typical script. It's part existential deep dive and part game show. I ask actors, artists, and comedians to play a game using a special deck of cards to ask some of life's biggest questions. Listen to NPR's Wildcard on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. Bring a little optimism into your life with The Bright Side, a new kind of daily podcast from Hello Sunshine, hosted by me, Danielle Robay, And me, Simone Boyce. Every weekday, we're bringing you conversations about culture, the latest trends, inspiration, and so much more. Thank you for taking the light, and you're going to shine it all over the world, and it makes me really happy. I never imagined that I would get the chance to carry this honor and help be a part of this legacy. Listen to The Bright Side on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search The Bright Side. Okay, we're back with Popcorn Book Club. I, I haven't watched the HBO adaptation yet, but yeah, I was, will. I want to find this scene, and it better exist. Of it's mm-hmm. episode five. I Thank haven't you. gotten there yet. Okay. I watched the first four episodes, oh. so I actually finished right at the return of Nedra Frank. Oh, um, yeah. So right as she's dropping the thing on him, which she did not drop on his foot, she like put it on him Aww. a little forcefully. But not in the comical way yeah. that happened in the book. I find a brief aside. I found the show hard to watch because Me of, too. Yeah. because the things that are described in the book are really brutal. But there's a certain distance of it just being text. Where mm-hmm. like seeing someone saw through their hand. I mean, and it, they show um, it. Oh, it's yeah. They yeah. show it. They don't show it in close up, for which I am very grateful. Thanks. But then it uh, pans up his stump. Um, yeah, yes. no, I I screamed. Um, Me too. So, oh, good. Okay. Yeah. I, live al- I live alone. I didn't. I don't know if that's something wrong with me or society. <laughs> <laughs> I live alone. And so no one, I wasn't like with anyone saying it, but the sound out of my mouth was, ah! <gasps> yeah, yeah, me too. <laughs> okay, back to the story. He's, Domenico's reaction is like, this sucks. I now live with a murderer. I want to get her out of my, my two, house. Two murderers. Two murderers. Yeah. Well, he's like, yeah, you're right. This doesn't end well for the abuser. And then he refuses to eat anything. And it's weird that that's not like a cautionary tale 
for him of like, I better be nice to these ladies yes, or they'll yes. kill me. No, he just she he just eats his food outside of the house oh, no. and yeah. puts his dresser in front of his door. The, the, but he does still gonna be stop mean to them. sleeping with Ignacia, yes, um, mm-hmm. which is uh, probably a huge relief for her. Yeah. So yeah. one yeah. reprieve in her life. I know. Yeah. But instead starts sleeping with a teenager at the like oh local it's a secretary town. yeah no 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 no, no, no. start sleeping with First, a teenage oh, yeah. prostitute teenage right. prostitute yeah a teenage like mm-hmm. sex worker and then down to the secretary yeah. who also that sex worker seemed like maybe she was also an intern because she was sweeping when he came in <laughs> and yes he thought that she was gonna take him to his uh, lady of the evening yeah. and then she was his teenager of she's the a evening. sex yeah. worker yeah. intern and he yeah. was like, man, she was so young. Oh. I fucked her anyway. Anyway, <laughs> I continued to fuck only her. Like, yes. it was just, He's uh, such a wretched man. I feel like uh. when, when this is justice for at the beginning, when Nidra was like, don't give this to your mom. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Nidra was like, yeah. he's the worst and awful, and this is a bad gift for your mother. <laughs> Yeah, no, Nedra was like a hundred percent correct, and she was she was trying to protect Connie yeah. and Dominic, yeah, and mm-hmm. definitely not Domenico. I think that she was like, he's horrible. I hate this. He's toxic, but I need to protect this lady because she does not need to know in her last dying yeah. moments yeah. that her father hated her, was a rapist, raped her mother, yeah, r- yeah. routinely. Okay, I can't believe that I'm going to mount any kind of defensive. Domenico, who I know is very, very bad. He's a bad person. But um, the one thing that did make me feel a little bit of sympathy for him was uh, this woman does not want to marry him. But he says, she will see my house and she will love me. And I, I think he is so limited by his perceptions of what a good man and a good husband would be. Of like, yeah. I, I did the thing. I came to America. I work really hard. I built a house. That is what it means to be a good man. And my reward for that it will be being loved. And he just doesn't have any of the tools for how you actually create a relationship through communication and through tenderness and through gentleness that maybe his brother, frankly, had more of. Yeah. Um, oh, you mean the monkey brother? Yeah. Honestly, I mean both brothers. Like, yeah. I don't know. Vincenzo seemed pretty fun. Like, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. He seemed good with women. Like, he That's seemed so to. True. He seemed to be giving them a pretty good time. So. It's like it, it, it is a tragedy to, and that's, I feel like that's what Dominic gets out of reading this book mm-hmm. is he's like that tragedy of what masculinity is in Domenico's mind, which is like build a house, have a wife, make an income, be loved. That's how yes. it works. That's how it's yeah. supposed to yes. work. Well, it's, it's also being, he had the, these dreams of being like revered and widely adored. And he had all these like, that word Dominic is using grandiose, like mm. he was, he had this big view of himself, but you could see it's like it all came back to his father who had the medal and had to give it away. And then he gets this medal, you know, it, it all, but it's, uh, and the, when the mayor like is like, oh, these, you know, Italian immigrants ruined everything. And, you know, it feels, it is tragic. It's, he's a, he's a very flawed, bad man, but it's a tragic story. Um, He does get that. The one happy moment, I guess, for everyone is when 
he kind of he goes back to the church and yeah. um he confesses um about among other things he's he's terrible worried that his brother was fucking a monkey and um the priest navigates it really really nicely and the priest also tells him that he has to humble himself and that mm-hmm. one way he can mm-hmm. do that is he can start writing down what's happened to him and he can start you know g- considering how those things shaped him and uh, sadly, the only way Domenico knows how to do that is to couch it in this guise of being a guide for Italian young men of how to be great mm-hmm. like me that, uh, because I'm so <laughs> awesome. So um, he's not really able to humble himself, but uh, it is a kind of therapy. So then just to fast forward bullet point through the next few plot points, which I might get the order wrong, but he basically sends uh, Prospering, who he calls the monkey, to work at the boarding house five or six days a week. Mm-hmm. And that's sort of their new stasis until they he, he catches Prosperine and Ignazia trying to run away to New York. And he uses the classic Tempestia uh, strategy to get them back, which is weaponizing policemen. Yeah. <laughs> he makes his peace with the church and um, the head of the church asks him to volunteer his time for free to help build a school. And... It's kind of the only nice moment for everybody yeah. in his life yeah. that, you know, he, he talks about how, like, oh, I'm giving away millions of dollars, essentially, to do this for free and free advice. But it makes him really happy. Like, he gets yeah. to build something good. And when they have a ceremony to open the school, the priest who knows about his father's medal um, says yeah. that this wouldn't have happened without Domenico Tempesta and he gives him a medal and his wife is really proud of him and his daughter claps and says, Papa, Papa, and it's probably the best day of his life. Yes. And then he has this medal. Mm-hmm. And, right. um, and I think something that's also important is the catalyst for them running away to New York mm-hmm. is the fact that in a fit of rage, yep. Domenico was like going to slam a door oh, and yeah. he slammed it <gasps> yeah. on Connie's finger. Oh, yeah. right. Yes. And um, the reason he is furious is because Prospering spits on his medal and <sighs> tells him that his medal is dumb um, because right. he wears Which it every it single is. week. Like, it I know, it's, you know, it's kind of, but it means a lot to him. Like, it does. It yeah. has great sentimental value for but him. But also he sucks, whatever. I know, uh, okay, but, but he, yeah. he slams Connie's fingers by accident, but is even, like, too proud but, and too angry to even say it was an accident or apologize or even, like— He does He does slam it by accident, but it's in a fit of rage, yeah. which is not an accident. Yes. And I feel like right. that's important to clarify because a lot of abuse that happens in, in homes is like, oh, it was an accident that I mm-hmm. punched this wall yeah. and scared you, or I didn't mean to like knock over this chair and hit you. Ray um, says the same thing later about breaking Connie's arm. Yes. But, uh, yes. It was yes. just an accident. Yeah. Yes. yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, thank you for that clarification. So uh, Ignazia and uh, Prospering do the very smart thing of getting the hell out of there away from this incredibly abusive man, starting over with almost no money, which is very scary because all uh, they do is he just, whenever she needs to buy something, he gives her the exact change, which is, as Domenico even comments, I mean, he doesn't couch it this way, but it is an act of abuse and control because then she doesn't have income to, to be independent and to leave him. Oh, yeah. No, Um, I mean, I I think um, it's not a form of abuse that's talked about very often, but I think um, men who really, really limit their wives' finances enough that they could never leave, that is a form of abuse. Yeah. 
And then uh, the boarding house lady tips him off. He beats them to the train station. And like I said, weaponized systemic sexism, racism, classic Tempesta move, befriends the policeman and pretends like he's just picking someone up. And he's like, and if I need something, I'll just, I'll just wave. He confronts them. They get on the train. He threatens them with the police. uh, And Ignazia gets scared because she thinks that Connie is going to be taken away from her. I mean, maybe justifiably, because as we see later, Domenico is very ruthless and awful. Mm-hmm. And oh yeah. Prosperine gets on the tr- I'm going to bullet point because we have so much to cover. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I'm going to skip over. And I want to talk about the show, too. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Prosperine uh, gets on the train. Ignazia comes back with Connie. And then, you know, there's a new stasis for a little while until he catches Prosperine back in the house, back from New York having sex with Ignazia. And we realized that there was this relationship there all along and that, you know, that was sort of the only intimacy that they had had. Uh, he's furious. He he locks Prospering up in an insane asylum. With Dr. Ooh. Settle. Yeah, with, yeah. Th- th- with yeah. Settle. That's the... Uh, at yep. Settle. Puts yep. her in the insane asylum and then begins really viciously, basically torturing uh, Ignazia by having sex with her and being like, and then as she's falling asleep, whispering in her ear, like, I hope I got you pregnant. It bursts your heart and it kills yeah. you. Like, yeah, the, the, yeah it's what you deserve. Just the, horrifying. The added detail of that he like waits for her breath and sobbing to subside and like waits for her almost to fall asleep. Like that is the unsettling moment of cruelty that like chilled my blood. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I, and after torturing, being tortured by this abusive rapist, who institutionalized her uh, lover and only friend in the world, uh, she takes Connie and, uh, well, she commits suicide by going into the pond below the ice, Um, but she attempted to bring Connie along with her and make it a murder-suicide, but there's a sign of struggle, and and, and Connie escaped and ran away from her mother and comes back to to Domenico. Yeah. Also, she poisoned a dog. He got a dog yeah. to oh, a guard keep dog. anybody from going in. A or really out. scary dog. Yeah. Guard really dog. And yeah. he dog. tells her that she's not allowed to have any friends. That oh, yeah. that American, right? Yeah. Um, but even the woman who runs the boarding house, the uh, Italian woman, is like, "Oh, your wife hasn't come to see me lately. Like, why is that?" And uh, what he does not say is because I'm not allowing her to see because she's a prisoner. Anymore. She's a prisoner now. Yeah. She's she, the other detail that right. was like especially painful was that because of that too she like didn't get a chance to practice english didn't get a chance mm-hmm. to practice yeah like italian reading didn't, reading or, yeah. anything it was just like a complete isolation and cutting off cutting her off of like any resources whatsoever just like completely dehumanizing yeah. this woman it, you can't again, be friends it, with any americans well, you can't talk it, to it your reminded neighbors. me of what happened with ray and connie that yeah. um when they go to the movies and they have a bad experience on the bus she tells her kids you you can't talk about it because ray won't let us go to the movies anymore well and it, um that's that's not something yeah. your husband should have control over yeah. that's that's a call yeah. you should be allowed to make on your own Mm-hmm. It um, it reminded me. It's a little later in the book, but I highlighted it of like, uh, when it's about the gangrene of Ray's gangrene that has to get cut off because it's dead, and it says, you know, it kept on talking about starve something long enough and it dies, and mm-hmm. he keeps on talking about how Domenico eventually died of starving, like he starved himself, and he, but he also starved 
Ignacia and, you know, all of, and Thomas was starved. Mm -hmm. It's like everyone in this book was starved of their needs. Um, And that's how all of them collectively, individually, that was like the theme of all of them. And Dessa specifically even says that, Mm -hmm. like you, you sucked all the oxygen up. I can't, I can't breathe. Or it's like she, that marriage died of starvation too, because Dominic was incapable of giving her the emotional support and affection that she needed after their daughter died. Yeah. So, so woof, that is, uh, and then this story basically ends, Domenico's story basically ends, you know, Connie grows up and he's like, and I loved her and I'm a man of the town and I'm great uh, and everything's wonderful and it's fine. And he said he loved her because he like didn't tell anyone what happened. He was good at keeping secrets. And in that moment, I loved her, like, was the reason. He also, like, made her eat cigarettes. Um, I mean, I I think his perspective of love is still not good. Yeah, he doesn't doesn't have a happy, it's not a happy story about a single father now. (laughs) No. (laughs) It's not like, wow, the genre really changed from that point on. It was just a wacky, light family comedy. His (laughs) own story, he interrupts his own story several times. I'm like, ugh, my other. Ugly daughter came over to make me lunch like an asshole. <laughs> I have a, I have a cold, and she keeps telling me to lie down and take a nap. And I'm like, "Bitch, bring me an onion." <laughs> literally something that happened. Uh, but the, sto- the story ends with uh, Dominic not getting the answer that he wants, which is he was reading this whole thing hoping that it would either have the horrific reveal that Domenico raped Connie and that the man that he thought was his grandfather was actually either just his father or also his father um, or who his real father was. So he doesn't get that. And so he's like, oh, well, this sucks. He's like, what was the point of reading this? (laughs) (laughs) But uh, so that's, that's, uh, Oh my God! There's so much in these 16 chapters. I know. I don't even know how we're going to even tackle Dominic's side of this story. And Thomas. And Thomas. I do want to say something about the Domenico story. The last thing Um, he talks a lot about Omerta, which is this like Sicilian silence and stoicness that exists. And this, for him, is the closest he's ever come to breaking this silence. And I think mm-hmm. that it's interesting that he made all the arrangements for his own burial and his own death preparation, which is just like so type A. Um, and on his headstone, it says the greatest griefs are silent. Yeah. So he mm-hmm. talks about sort of how all of this grief existed in him in that way, but that he kept it silent and he maintained Omerta, unlike the people in the north of Italy who were just like talking about how they feel all the time. Hmm. <laughs> And I feel like Dominic sort of maybe epigenetically has inherited this omerta. Mm. And the yeah. and we talk a little bit about how the happy ending for him could have just been him going to therapy and sort of breaking this silence. And in a way, it's really good that he did do that. And so, Ray as well. I think it's something that affects every man that we really learn a lot about in the course of this book. This idea that you can't talk about your feelings. You have to be strong all the time. And how incredibly harmful and toxic and sometimes deadly that can be to those people um Mm -hmm. that it doesn't just cause pain for all the women around them although it does um it causes so much personal internal pain for them as well
That's our show for the week. Thank you so much for listening. I'm Dana Schwartz, and you can find me on Twitter at Dana Schwartz with three Zs. You can follow Jennifer Wright at Jen Ashley Wright. Karama Dankwa is at Karama Drama. Melissa Hunter is at Melissa FTW. And Tian Tran is smart enough to have gotten off Twitter, but she is on Insta at Hank Tina. Our executive producer is Christopher Hasiotis, and we're produced and edited by Mike Johns. Special thanks to David Wasserman. Still to come, the exciting conclusion of I Know This Much Is True, the home game edition. When Ralph is like, hey, you need to get your brother tested for HIV, I was like, trauma bingo, here we go. That's what I was waiting for. (laughs) Popcorn Book Club is a production of iHeartRadio. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official Challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Bring a little optimism into your life with The Bright Side, a new kind of daily podcast from Hello Sunshine. Hosted by me, Danielle Robay. And me, Simone Boyce. Every weekday, we're bringing you conversations about culture, the latest trends, inspiration, and so much more. I am so excited about this podcast, The Bright Side. You guys are giving people a chance to shine a light on their lives, shine a light on a little advice that they want to share. Listen to The Bright Side on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search The Bright Side. Welcome to season nine of Next Question with me, Katie Couric. I've got some big news to share with you in our season premiere featuring the one and only Chris Jenner. Oh my gosh, congratulations. That is very, very exciting. And that's just the beginning. We'll also be joined by podcast hosts Jay Shetty, Hillary Clinton, Renee Fleming, Liz Cheney, and many more. So come on in, take a break from the incessant negativity for a weekly dose of fascinating conversations. Some of them, I promise, will actually put you in a good mood. Listen to Next Question with me, Katie Couric, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.